Welcome to This Week in the Lectionary, a podcast for looking at, listening to, and lingering in the weekly scriptures found in the Revised Common Lectionary. Faith comes from hearing, so let us together hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The Seventh Sunday of Easter, Year A. Our readings this week remind us that even though Jesus is not with us in human body, we are still connected to him and to each other. The first reading tells of how after the ascension of Jesus, his followers grow in community. The psalm, while expressing the greatness and glory of God, reminds us that he does not abandon those that need him. The second reading reminds us to glorify God always, even when we're suffering. And in the gospel, Jesus prays for his followers as he prepares to leave them. We begin with prayer. O God, the King of glory, you have exalted your only Son, Jesus Christ, with a great triumph to your kingdom in heaven. Do not leave us comfortless, but send us your Holy Spirit to strengthen us and exalt us to the place where our Savior Christ has gone before, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. The first reading comes from Acts. At the end of Luke's gospel, Jesus has risen from death. He's eaten broiled fish in the presence of his disciples, and he's told them that they are witnesses to these things, that he died and rose to life again, and he is sending upon them what his father has promised. He has implied that this gift will come to them in Jerusalem. He's led them to Bethany near Jerusalem and was carried up into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem. Having now presented himself alive during 40 days, that not many days now that he has promised for them to receive the Holy Spirit at Pentecost will be the 50th day since Easter. Now together in Jerusalem, the disciples ask, what will happen in this new era? When will you restore independence to Israel, or is this the end of time? Jesus answers that only God knows the steps towards the end times and opportune moments, that the gift, the Holy Spirit, will give them power to spread the good news, and not just in Israel, but to the ends of the earth. We're then told of Jesus' ascension, a clearly visible event set in a historical context. The cloud in Elijah's ascension and in Jesus's is a sign of God's presence, but the event goes beyond the physical. It needs interpretation by two men, messengers from God. Jesus's return will be a divine intervention in human affairs. Bethany and the Mount of Olives are adjacent and close to Jerusalem. The 11 disciples possibly return to the site of the Last Supper, the room upstairs. The band devoted to Jesus now includes certain women and Jesus' brothers. They meet for liturgical prayer on a regular basis, probably following temple practices. Acts 1, beginning in the sixth verse. When the apostles had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, Is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, 
and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood before them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these were constantly devoting themselves to prayer, together with certain women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, as well as his brothers. The Word of the Lord. The Psalm is Psalm 68. Difficult to interpret, this psalm seems to have accompanied a liturgy in the temple depicting the movement of the Israelites from before Sinai to Jerusalem. It consists of snippets, each a few verses long, commemorating God's championship of Israel. Verse 1 echoes Moses' words whenever the ark was moved, as Max Welts. In verse 2 is the language of God's presence. In Canaanite culture, the storm god Baal rides upon the clouds. Here, God does so. He is savior of the needy and persecutor of the ungodly. Judges also associates earthquakes and deluges with Sinai. Water was and is valuable in Palestine. God's voice is probably thunder, a sign of his power. May all people everywhere praise God. To the early church, this psalm foretold the ascension of Christ. A portion of Psalm 68. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let those who hate him flee before him. Let them vanish like smoke when the wind drives it away. As the wax melts at the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. Let them also be merry and joyful. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Exalt him who rides upon the heavens. Yahweh is his name, rejoice before him. Father of orphans, defender of widows, God in his holy habitation. God gives the solitary a home and brings forth prisoners into freedom, but the rebels shall live in dry places. O God, when you went forth before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth shook and the skies poured down rain. At the presence of God, the God of Sinai, at the presence of God, the God of Israel, you sent a gracious rain, O God, upon your inheritance. You refreshed the land when it was weary. Your people found their home in it. In your goodness, O God, you have made provision for the poor. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. Sing praises to the Lord. He rides in the heavens, the ancient heavens. He sends forth his voice, his mighty voice. Ascribe power to God. His majesty is over Israel. His strength is in the skies. How wonderful is God in his holy places, the God of Israel giving strength and power to his people. Blessed be God. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The second reading comes from 1 Peter. In the final verses of the letter, the author exhorts his readers, who are being persecuted at least to the extent of being made to feel inferior, to accept their ordeal as something to be expected 
and as testing their mettle. Christ is not just an example of suffering for doing good. They are to rejoice that in suffering, they actually share in his sufferings. This is preparation for union with him when he comes again. They are indeed fortunate that the Spirit, the source of oneness with God, is with them. For a Christian, to suffer for doing good is not a disgrace. Their suffering is in fact the start of end-time judgment. How much worse off will be those who do not obey Christ's message? So entrust yourselves to God. In the conclusion, the author addresses fellow elders as one who shares in the certain hope of Christ's return. He exhorts the leaders to care for the faithful, oversee them in doctrine and discipline, treat them as equals and be examples to them. All the faithful must make effort to humble themselves before God, who is always the great deliverer, and to whom we owe obedience, so that in God's time we will be brought into full union with him. Trust in God, remain alert, for evil is always trying to divert you from God's ways. Others also suffer as they do. Their suffering will be brief, then God who has called them to eternal life will give strength and the status that is due. 1 Peter chapter 4, beginning in the 12th verse, continuing into the 5th chapter. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of glory, which is the Spirit of God, is resting on you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves. Keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, prowls around, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in your faith, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. The Word of the Lord. The Gospel comes from John. Jesus has just ended his instructions to his disciples. He has concluded with, In the world you face persecution, but take courage, I have conquered the world. Now he prays to the Father. He summarizes the significance of his life. The time appointed by God for his departure has come. Glory can be defined as divine heavenly splendor, where heaven is the state of ultimate good and love existing outside of time. In verse 1, the Father giving this splendor to the Son adds to the Father's splendor because of the authority given to the Son over humans, especially to give eternal life to us. Verse 3 explains that eternal life is knowing the Father and the Son intimately. Verses 4 and 5 state how the Son adds to the splendor of the Father by completing his assigned task, and how the Father adds to the Son's splendor by restoring him to the Father's presence, to heaven, a state he enjoyed before God's creative act. Verse 6 expands on the work the Son has done, to make the Father's character and person known to those chosen by the Father. These elect are the mutual possession of Father and Son. These have been faithful to God's word, his command. Verses 7 and 8 expand on keeping the Father's word. The disciples know that, 
The Father is the source of all that the Son has been given. Jesus is from out of the Father, and the Father sent him into the world. Looking forward to the time after his departure, Jesus asked the Father to protect the disciples from evil influences in the alien world, that they may have a unity modeled on that of the Father and the Son. John 17, beginning in the first verse. Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they have received them, and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you have sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. The Word of the Lord. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for joining us on This Week in the Lectionary. I'm curious as to what you noticed or wonder about this week's scriptures. We'd love for you to join us in our discussion group. And if you know anyone else who could benefit from or might be a benefit to this community, feel free to share with them. May his words be a light unto your feet and a lamp unto your path in the coming week.